Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Energy in the building, how excited fans were to have a team back in that that, that race, that hunt again. Um, obviously, I grew up in a basketball house, so I grew up watching KG and Terrell Brandon and uh, Marbury and Gugliotta and all these guys, you know, so I, it's here. You know what I mean? It's here. Dude, I... Austin Rivers, by the way, welcome to the show. Mackie and Judd, you'll notice on the YouTube channel, you see a, a fourth member of the show here today next to Declan. I wish I had the applause button on my button bar, but technological issues have uh, <laughs> sunk us this morning. <laughs> Kyle Tige from the Flagrant Howls podcast here. Yeah, here Acapella. Uh, yeah. So we're going to do a deep dive into, there we go. What Kyle learned at Wolves Media Day, some of the biggest storylines here. But you know what? Austin Rivers understands how to connect with a new team, and and he should be used to this by now. Pander to the fans by making local references. Yesterday we had he referenced KG. He referenced like '90s, early 2000s Timberwolves. He he re, he referenced Mighty Ducks and D2 and stuff. So Austin Rivers knows how to connect with a new fan base. Here's a funny thing about Austin Rivers that I learned overnight. So, yeah, he was great talking about Monday Ducks. When he signed with the team back in July, he said, like, I've always wanted to live in Minneapolis. He wanted to hook up with some of the, the, the guys that are on the show. Um, he was drafted back in 2012, 10th overall. That pick was the Hornets pick. That Hornets pick was acquired via the Clippers in the Chris Paul trade. So they sent a bunch of guys to the Hornets. Clippers got Chris Paul. And they got this 10th pick that actually belonged to Minnesota. Well, that Minnesota pick actually was sent seven years earlier to the Clippers in the infamous Sam Cassell for Marco Yarich <laughs> trade. So oh, it's 17 God. years of a deal that ties <laughs> Sam Cassell to Chris Paul to now Austin Rivers. So yes. 10 years later, the Wolves got their guy. So that's chess, not checkers. Kevin that Bacon, a, man. Yeah, that is the, the Kevin Bacon. Yeah, exactly. Pick. That's great. That trade too. I remember hearing about you know, like when that trade came across the the wire or whatever. I don't even remember how we learned about trades during the Sam Cassell Marco Yard era. It wasn't Twitter, but that trade goes down, and I was at first I heard it as oh, oh wow, okay, so the Wolves got uh, Marco Yard and a first round pick for Sam Cassell. That's pretty good. And then like you know five minutes later, no, 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 they. They gave a first-round pick and Sam Cassell to get Marco Yarich, and uh, yeah, worked out very well. And, and that's how you get bad for approximately nearly twenty years. <laughs> and do that trade like six different yes, times, which the Wolves then... were very capable of doing and did. That's how you get really bad. 
But this is probably the most anticipated Wolves season since the end of the Sam Cassell KG era. And uh, so, Kyle, you were at Wolves Media Day. You just take the ball and dribble with it here. What is the the biggest thing that stood out to you? Cat wasn't there. Cat had some sort of mysterious illness. Now they're going to have to Photoshop him into all of the uh, the video board graphics. But what is the biggest thing that stood out to you yesterday? Yeah, Cat, yeah, Cat, Cat, was, Cat was out because, out because of... Uh, of uh, there we go. You're good. Okay, there we go. Just learning the ropes here. Cat was out non-COVID illness. I mean, for all we know, maybe he was just hungover. So he'll he'll be back this week for training camp. I mean, a week from today, it's Tuesday. They have their first preseason game. So as you know, as long as it's taking to get here, next week it ramps up. But I was at Media Day last year. Obviously, a much different vibe. Phil, you and I have talked about it. It was three or four days before last Media Day that they fired Gerson Rosas. So everyone was on pins and needles. They also introduced A Rod and Mark Laurie. It was just a lot of big fanfare, but also not saying anything. This year, much more relaxed vibe. Um, a lot of the guys last year were worried about kind of contracts. I mean, really, half the team had an expiring contract or like Carl was up for an extension this summer, Delo. But this year, the biggest takeaway, I mean, Rudy said all the right things. He kind of sounds exhausted from Eurobasket. So I think they'll ease him in the next couple of weeks. Um, and Judd hates the Judd, fact Judd, that Rudy yeah. Gobert played. I'm with Judd. I told you that. I hate international play. <laughs> If you want to play for your country, that's fine. Then don't take my money. I okay. hate international competition. Right, anyway, are, I'm sorry, Kyle. Go ahead. You are anti anti American. You hate the Olympics. You hate when we go and beat up on you know smaller your countries. Team. Play for your team. Anyway, I'm sorry, Kyle. <laughs> no. So and and Ant was there, and he got asked a lot of questions about his his situation from a couple weeks ago. Um, and he was you know emphasize like just very much emphasize he was sorry. Um. D'Lo talked about his contract. He seemed in a good spot and said, you know, he made a reference to like, you go to work to get paid at, on Friday. So I think he's thinking about that contract extension, but it sounds like he's in good, good spirits with the team. And then uh, it was just the guys that you maybe didn't have heard of before, but like Eric Pascal, Austin Rivers, we just talked about um, Kyle Anderson, Bryn Forbes. You've got a lot of guys that are not only fighting for like a roster spot because they have 20 guys on the roster entering training camp. But not to sound sappy, you've got guys kind of fighting for their careers and like their life. Um, Eric Paschal, uh was drafted by the Warriors, played for them a couple of years. Uh, ironically, his rise to fame was when the Warriors had one bad year and they kind of tanked. Um, but he said he's 25 years old, good, big guy, shoots like 39% from three. And he said he thought about quitting basketball. Um, and he said he was in a really dark place. And, and Tim Connolly and Dale Demps reached out and kind of, you know, quote unquote, saved his career, saved his life. So I was concerned losing Vando and Pat Bev in the Gobert trade, which we all loved, but that you were going to lose the heart and soul of this team. Um, And what I learned yesterday, at least for now, is that you've got a lot of guys that have a lot of heart and soul and grit that are going to come in and push these guys like Jaden, like Ant, like Carl, um, and make it not easy on them to just think that they're just going to get 35 minutes a night. Uh, you got a lot of grinders on this team. So I think they lost some guys you can't replace, but they did their best to kind of fill that bench with guys who aren't Jake Lehman, right? I know Jake Lehman just was always telling you he's playing zero wow. minutes tonight. But, that felt um, like an unnecessary drive-by it, shot. But I, exactly I, I know exactly what he said. But I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Like the, the, wow. the bench, wow. the bench, the 10 through 15 guys are going to be ready to play and want to play because it's it might be the last chance they get to play in the NBA. So uh, they did a good job filling out the roster. Training camp's going to be competitive um, because you got guys that, believe they should be here. Austin Rivers could have had a lot of other deals, but he took a partially guaranteed deal to, to come to where D2 was filmed. So <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, on, on Ant, 
What was your sense uh, of what you saw and probably most importantly heard too? Because like that's a, th- this is the first time that, that he has been in the eye of a storm that is negative. And, and it's one thing to read his quotes, but I, I feel like there's an observational uh, value to hearing a, a player. And you can tell when a guy is sincerely remorseful, remorseful Kyle, and when he's sort of just like been told, hey, say this to apologize. What was your, your sense of how the entire thing went down and, and where he's at mentally? Because until now, it's been a pretty positive experience, and this is probably the, the first time, and rightfully so, that he's gotten any pushback on anything. Yeah. You know, I didn't – this is the first time he's, like you said, Judd, like ever been in trouble, right, or ever had right. anything not go his way. I mean, every time he did a Zoom after a game – or a po- anything. He was just, everyone loved it. He would trend. It was all positive. Um, I, I was telling this to Dane Moore last night. I think he's still going through it. I mean, he, he looked and said all the right things yesterday. He was very sorry. He's very sorry. He hurt people, but when pressed on like, and he said, I'll do whatever I have to do to make this right. But when pressed on like, can you give us an example? Uh, he didn't have one. And to me, again, I, I love Ant. I reference Ant as like my son, um, you can have kids, but also be disappointed when they mess up. Your kids are going to mess up. They're going to do things that you aren't proud of. So I think he's still going through it. I don't think he knows how to how to amend this, how to fix this. And I think that's going to have to come because people aren't going to forget this. Like there's a community of people that um, are pretty upset by this and they want to see actions more than just, you know, a statement or a bunch of stories at, at, a, at a media day. So I think he still has some work to do on that. Uh, I don't think it's going to cancel him. I don't think it's going to end his tenure here, but uh, he still has work to do on that for sure. Well, and to kind of, to kind of loop this back into the, you know, who fills the leadership gap left by a Pat Beverly or a, not that, not that like Pat Beverly and Jared Vanderbilt should be like role models. I don't, you know, I, I don't know them personally, but this was a reminder that Anthony Edwards is still a relatively immature 21 year old guy or kid, if you want to use that word doesn't excuse at all his there's what he said but then there's also the deeper sort of conversation about what his worldview clearly is at age 21 and it's the first time he has stepped in it like you guys said but you got to remember when you are when you are the lead if you want to be the leader of a franchise you want to be a quarterback of an NFL team or you want to be you know the the face of an NHL or NBA team you aren't just representing yourself and the points that you score in a game or your teammates that you dish assist to. You are representing an organization, a fan base, a community, and you should speak as if you represent and lead all of those people. And, you know, like great quarterbacks understand that. Russell Wilson is a cheese ball, but he understands that I am speaking largely on behalf of everyone here, including fans. And so I don't know if that's something that a lot of 21-year-olds get right away. And I think a lot of 21, 22, 23-year-olds can just kind of get by being immature, and maybe they don't say something that gets captured on camera. Uh, he did. And now we sort of know where he's coming from. Um, and, and so I guess, I guess my grand point here is to be a he – needs, he needs to shore this stuff up and probably get some more life experience before he can be a great leader for the team, the franchise, and the fans of the community. And I think it's important, too, because a lot of the uh, at Dan 5429642s on Twitter that hop into replies <laughs> and say, like, this isn't a story or whatever. Um, 
the, the guys that cover the team, Chris Hine, you know, of the Star Tribune specifically, they did not wake up on week one of the NFL just texting all the players being like, what are your thoughts on the LGBTQ community? Um, right. Ant did this. So this wasn't like a, a TMZ leaked audio or something like he put this out there. So it is a story because that's the content that he wanted to share. So, again, I just don't think he's ever really publicly messed up. Um, I think he'll get through. Th- I mean, I do. I think he'll get through this. I think people will love Ant again, but um, he still has some work to do on that. And maybe this is his moment. Like I said, it's chicken or egg in the sense of you can't just always be the young guy, but then also be the face of a one point five billion dollar franchise. You got to be able to, you know, kind of grow above your years. And he makes a lot of money to represent the franchise. And sooner or later, he's going to be the guy on all the billboards. And you want that guy to right. represent your city, your community, your state, all that stuff. D'Lo. Um... Dubes, I, I believe, asked him the question about yep. his contract. Now, what's important to point out is, and and this is where I think the whole situation going into the season, uh, Kyle, is intriguing, is, you know, D'Lo in that last playoff game, a rather important game, was <laughs> benched. Like, he was flat out. He wasn't aching and hurting. He came out. He was benched by Chris Finch. Um, and, and I know, so he's the type of guy who strikes me uh, character-wise. As a guy who like like yesterday is absolutely fine. Like if things are calm, he he's good. Like and if he's in a good mood, he's good. But where do you think things truly are with, with a guy going into a contract year, which by the way might help, but also a guy who learned, hey, if I'm not pulling my weight, I I'm going to be benched. Um, I'm just curious because he is. I've covered guys like this before and they're always you know when things are going well they, they say the right thing I had a great I had a great summer I worked out blah 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 but then when things start to trend bad and they always do at some point because it's sports um that's where you learn a lot more so what's the overall feeling there for a guy who certainly has reason to play well uh but a guy who I think has some problems when things don't go well this is this is probably a lazy comparison but back to Ant kind of having the first thing go wrong and maybe that actually changes his whole life trajectory. Um, I, I could make comparisons to D'Lo too, because D'Lo for most of his life has played in big markets, LA, Brooklyn, Golden State, um, and, you know, been fed the ball and stuff. Uh, I think that moment in the playoffs really might've changed him again. That might be the optimistic side of me, but you have that moment where on the biggest stage of your career, you get replaced by a guy who was essentially a two-way guy. Um, he also, you know, had a kid just like I think a couple of days ago um, and he's 26. And again, I don't have kids like Judd, you can speak on this. But like, I know when Andrew Wiggins, I know someone close to Wiggins, when he had his first kid, it really matured him as a person. Right. Like he knew that, like, I have to keep this kid alive. It's not about video games as much. It's about being a father. So maybe that's just all sappy stuff and he's the same deal. But I, I do wonder if. uh for a guy that's been thought of as being prickly, he has come out and been like, I love Chris Finch. I love this organization. And that's coming off the heels of probably his lowest point of his professional career in game six. So I think he's going to be a good soldier. I think he's being really nice to the media. I think he thinks that no matter what, he's going to get paid. He said it mm-hmm. yesterday that the money's in free agency. I'm not concerned about that. That's where you go to get, that's the bank, right? The summer is the bank. That's where you go to collect your money. So um, I think he knows that this is going to be a big year for him and that, the better he is on the court, but also kind of secretly off the court, the the higher that that number is going to be, whether it be with Minnesota or with you know one of the other twenty nine teams. Yeah, I think I think you 
you have a choice to make after that happens. You can get cantankerous yep. and you can misplay your cards and you can think you have more leverage than you do and you can throw a tantrum, which he didn't. And if you do that, you probably cost yourself tens of maybe even hundreds of millions of dollars because now you're branded. Now you're officially on the now you're on the outs with another team, whether that's fair or not. But if you can swallow it, take a couple months to be pissed off in the summer alone, I'm sure he was. And then you come back, and this is a great basketball fit for him. I mean, I've kind of gone from at the end of the season when he got benched thinking, oh, I mean, maybe you ride it out one more year just to, have, you know, just to get the cap space in, in a summer from now. But I'm just, I, I was so down on him. He's, his, his playoff performances have been underwhelming throughout his entire career. But now I'm looking at him saying, boy, the, this could be a, a great mutually beneficial one-year partnership. And if that's all that it is, D'Lo gets the you know the the, the the twin towers, the target centers to run pick and roll <laughs> off of. He doesn't have to shoulder the scoring burden at the end of games if he doesn't want to with Anthony Edwards there. And uh, and on the flip side, it's a contract season for the Timberwolves. You might get the best version of D'Lo just motivated. So this seems like a kind of a great one year short term relationship for both sides, doesn't it, Kyle? Yeah, and as a reminder. He and Devin Booker of the Suns and Carl all got drafted in the same year. All are represented by the exact same agent. Um, all three of them entered this summer eligible for these max extensions. And Carl got his and Devin Booker got his. So, you know, they're the three amigos. Imagine you, Declan and Judd, if Declan and Judd cashed in this summer for two mil- oh, 200 million. Oh, and, and Phil oh, didn't. Oh, that's done. Yeah, yeah, that, that <laughs> Don't tell yeah, Signed I'm, it I'm, 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 I'm good. A yeah. little resentful. So, I yeah. mean, he, those are his friends, but he also <laughs> sees like, hey, like they might have done it the right way or they did it this way and they got paid. Um, so is he is he maybe secretly pissed off? Yeah, but that's probably what you want. You want a guy that yes. for has also, if you go to basketball reference, not a lot of 82 game seasons. Um, maybe he this forces him on those nights where he's banged up to be like, you know what, I got to give it a go because I need to have 75 games this year to show that I'm not injury prone, I'm durable. And I, I think that's the question is, how do you channel it? Because yep. like, if, yeah, if, yeah, you're, yeah. if you're ticked off and play well, God bless you. Um, it, it's just, it's dicey because some guys intend to channel it right, but then their true personality o- overtakes it and that becomes the problem. So I'm... I'm just curious because, to Phil's point, I think that he could be an incredible player. Uh, and he, he at times showed that. But, you know, when things start to go bad for a week or two weeks and he starts to go into a funk, does he continue down that road? That's the one thing I don't know and I can't tell yet. I can't tell. Hey, before we uh, jump into more observations from Wolves Media Day here, you know, this is a day where a lot of players show up in the best mm-hmm. shape of their life. And that's what Judd has done for this basketball season. He has shown up 40 pounds lighter than yep. he was last basketball season. Best shape of your life, Judd. And that, of course, is thanks to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. And, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I said weight control. I didn't say diet. It's not a quick fix. It's not some short-term plan. It is a plan that, that will help you lose weight like it did with me. And then, most importantly, keep that weight off. And it works. Dawn down 16 pounds. Chris Ron, our friend. From down the hall, down 10 plus pounds. And right now, I want you to join us on a journey that is uh, that is filled with fulfillment. And your first eight weeks are free. That is exactly right. And the new Flex Plan lets you enjoy the foods that you love. That includes fruit, pasta, and even bread. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Livia, L-I-V-E-A dot com. Join me, uh, join Don, join Chris Ron. And so, 
many of the people in our PD family who have lost the weight thanks to Livia, Livia Livia.com. A shout-out, too, to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Uh, They've been partners with the Timberwolves for a long time as well. So uh, they've gone through all of the the roller coaster ride with all of us. You can find them online at federatedinsurance.com, where you can find out all the details about how they help businesses maximize their level of success through risk management tools and resources. You can find a full list of industries that Federated protects. Federated Insurance, where it's our business to protect yours. Uh, all right, who who showed up in the best shape of their life? Who who had the monster off season? <laughs> Give us a couple players who uh, who are just going to be. Rocking and rolling physique wise now. Well, those are those are great ad reads. I was thinking yesterday was media day for the Timberwolves, but also for like twenty five other teams in the league. Um, and Derek Rose randomly showed up to Nick's media day in the best shape of his life, and to prove it, oh. he actually showed up shirtless for his yeah. media session. So that might be something Judd could do <laughs> next time for that, that read. As well, yeah. No, no, you, no. You have no idea what you're asking. <laughs> yeah. No, I, you know, I, I will not do that to. I won't do that to you people out there. Who watch us. I, I, you know, and. And again, I know we talked about kind of the off the court stuff, but um, when he walked into the room yesterday, it, it's it's noticeable from, you know, six feet away. Uh, I think John Krasinski wrote about it this morning in The Athletic, but that he gained like 11 pounds without, you know, gaining any body fat. Um, And again, I know that that's kind of everyone says that. But when you see him, Rudy Gobert is as big as the Eiffel Tower. But I think Ant's arms are like bigger than Gobert's. He looks chiseled and Again, off-court stuff aside, he had all, you know, he made the playoffs. He played more basketball than ever before. He had a movie. Um, He could have just kind of coasted through this summer, but he looked like he really focused on his game. So he looked great. Nas Reed just continues. Nas Reed is like negative 4% body fat. Like, he is just in great shape. Same. Um, And then some of the other guys, too. Like, I think the rookies, I thought Josh Minot, uh, I just saw him in Vegas for Summer League. That was a couple months ago. He was so skinny, and you can tell that he's just been constantly working on his body. So they have a really good kind of development with their with their lifting team and stuff at uh at Mayo Clinic Square. So a lot of guys are again are in the best shape of their life, but I also think part of that too is like the competition thing again. They know that they needed to show up yesterday on in shape because they're not going to have time to do it because they're a lot of these guys half the guys on the team are fighting for minutes in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Okay, Phil and Kyle, I'm going to present you a question as training camp starts. The wolf season will be a disappointment if they don't what? Like as we start training camp, what do you what do you need from what has been for far too long often a chronically underachieving franchise? I either I need I need one of three things, I think. I, I want a fifty win season. That's our that's our slogan. That's our bar on Flagrant Howls. All right. We want the Wolves to win fifty games for the first time in eighteen years. Mm-hmm. The last time the Wolves won fifty games was the last time the Twins won a playoff game. <laughs> so we rip on the we rip on the twins. Now the twins, that's a much more embarrassing. I have tickets tonight. They're both. <laughs> I didn't buy Declan's tickets, but I'm going to sell them. But are I got, you the sucker? Yeah. Uh, no, I got these Delta Sweet tickets like a oh, month ago. And honestly, I think they lost every single game since I bought those tickets. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go to this game, eat and drink all I can, and just watch them clinch the and then I just so that's that's on me. I apologize. I might have ruined the twin <laughs> yeah. season. Well, it's still a, you know what? I will say this about Target Field. It is one of the coolest bars in America. It's a very expensive <laughs> bar. But it's a cool bar to hang out in. So I either need 50 wins in the regular season or let, let's say a top four seed. Is there any way that you would win like 49 games and still be the four seed? Probably not. But I'd like a, a really nice regular season and or advance out of the first round of the playoffs. If you can check 
those boxes or one of those boxes, I would feel pretty good about the step being taken. What, what about you, Kyle? Well, it's a great question, too, because I, I would say make the playoffs again and not just the playing game. You have to get through that. But 50 wins, I mean, it's so loaded because it's chicken and egg again. Like 50 wins might get you the six seed. Like the Western mm-hmm. Conference is so loaded. So I think I just, you know, if they win 50 games, that would be it for me. I wouldn't care about anything else because if you win 50 games, you're not going to be a play-in team. That's almost impossible. Um, but yeah, to Phil's, Phil's point, like if it's not this year, because one of the messages coming out yesterday, at least from Tim Connolly or from Chris Finch was like, and this makes sense a little bit. You don't want to hear it, but like, it's going to take some patience, right? Like D'Angelo Russell was asked, uh, like, how, how is it going to be running pick and rolls with Rudy Gobert? He's like, I have no idea. I've never been on the same court with him. So there's going to be some growing pains. You see it in football. Like they need to get some reps together, but so this might start slower than we all hope, but 50 games and or just making it through a good playoff series. I think you could say it's a win this year if they went seven games in the playoffs and maybe lost like the Suns, but had all this momentum that next year they maybe they make it to the Western Conference Finals. But anything less than that is an absolute disaster. Like if they go 41 and 41, that is an absolute disaster. Might still get them in, in the play-in game, but that would be 50 wins is probably the easiest, safest answer to Judd's question. Yeah, and some of this is obviously injuries pending, but then I would say, too, that they have enough talent on this team yep. where I think if, Go, if Gobert goes down, that's probably the biggest loss because he's just going to be the anchor that that keeps your defense in check. But, like, you can withstand some level of injuries and still flirt with or win 50 games here. So, you know, if Cat goes down for, like, 70 games, okay, let's reevaluate that take. But think about this. Utah was winning 50 games on a fairly regular basis with a, I don't know about far inferior, but an inferior roster to what the Wolves are going to yep. put out there yep. this year. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and, you know, ironically, going back to D'Lo, you know, if, if Rudy's out for 15 games, you just kind of slide your all-NBA center back to where he used to play center, right, and just kind of fill in the mm-hmm. gaps. Um, if you miss, if Jade McDaniels misses time, you have Torian Prince, Kyle Anderson, all these guys. If Ant was missing 10 games, Jalen Noel, you know, Bryn Forbes, all these guys, there's not a lot behind D'Lo. So again, like you're going to need him to play 70 games minimum. Uh, I know we all love Jordan McLaughlin, but like if you look at Phil, we talked about the top 22 point guards, like the 22nd point guard was De'Aaron Fox. Every night Jordan McLaughlin starts for the Timberwolves, he's going to be behind the eight ball of like a major, major underdog against whoever he's guarding. So you need D'Lo to play a lot of games if this team is going to sniff 50 wins for, as you said, the first time in almost two decades. Yeah, that's another funny one where, like, Jordan McLaughlin rolls off a few good games at the end of the year, and we sit here and, like, well, maybe he should be the starting point guard. Let's pump <laughs> let's pump the brakes. He's, you know, 15, 20-minute doses of, of J-Mac, I think, is, is plenty. He, he told us, uh, yes, he got married uh, in Hawaii this summer, so shout out to him. Those are what smart people do, like him yes. and I. Uh, but also, he graduated <laughs> with a master's in communications, management degree from USC so um he might be in Declan's chair one day he he wants oh, to stay crap. in sports he wants to cover sports he wants to be in the media so he's a really interesting young guy he always has a chip on his shoulder um he got a little contract last year but it's already this is the second and final guaranteed year of it so just kind of you know reiterate the whole a lot of these guys are fighting for their lives out there on the court and it, it should help kind of foster uh, growth and competitiveness and all that stuff that you want and Finch just loves. Yeah. Judd, do you have any final Timberwolves questions here before we say goodbye to Kyle and then say hello more. to him on flagrant howls again later this week? <laughs> I, I got one more. X's and O's basketball. 
So I, I think the perception, rightfully so, is that the offensive integration of uh, uh, Towns and Gobert is going to be fun to watch. It might take some time. But I have a defensive question. Um, how is this going to work considering the Wolves The Wolves played, you know, basically what? That, that they would defensively uh, meet teams on the perimeter last year because of how they basically are structured and the type of players that they had. Gobert is far more of an interior guy, and that's and you know a traditionalist, I guess, defensively. How does the relationship with Towns and Gobert work? With Gobert now being put into a role that doesn't fit what Finch did defensively last year. That's my X's and O's. That was yeah, that's a good question. I, uh, I, I you saw Rudy Gobert play in Euro basketball, um, and they switched a lot. So all of a sudden, you have this seven foot six guy out on the perimeter trying to guard guys like that's that's a disaster you're not just going to switch everything you do want Rudy around the rim um but I do think if you go back and look at Phil said the Jazz have won 50 games every year with less talent on that those rosters than what the Wolves have and he had very little defense in front of him right so if he was kind of your free safety he had really no defensive linemen, cornerbacks, anything. He was just Darren Sharper back there by himself. So I love Kyle taking this and speaking football language to do it right now. This, <laughs> now, is, a, this now, is a great, now, great way Darren to... Sharper might not be the best name to bring up for players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Human being-wise. Being Edit that one, yeah. yeah. Edit that one out. <laughs> um, but no, so I, I just think that he, uh, I think that putting like, I know we kind of bash on D'Lo a little bit, but he's a much better defender than like Mike Conley. Mike Conley was a, a corpse um, Donovan Mitchell was just like literally would bring you like a Uber like from the perimeter to the lane. So I think having Ant and Jaden out there, I don't. It'll be it remains to be seen how Carl will be able to defend a little more on the perimeter. But they're going to want to keep Rudy around the rim. Um, all of his former teammates yesterday when they're like, "What do you think of when you think of Rudy Gobert?" They're like blocks. So you want to have that guy protecting the rim because also getting defensive rebounds. So I think the fact that they have Ant and Jaden kind of on the wings rather than like Mitchell and like I don't know. Joe Ingles or something should help a lot. And it's not just going to be a turnstile to let guys into the lane. Um, but yeah, Finch, is, I don't think Finch knows either. I think that's why it's like, you got to get Rudy these reps, but balance like the whole, he's exhausted from playing in Euro basket. So it's going to be tough to kind of figure out because he offensively, he's maybe the fifth option, but defensively he is everything. He is why you paid all those picks, all that money. He is everything for them on defense. And you have to get him in there to play with these guys in the preseason so that it's not just game one. It's like, who is the, who is the tall seven foot two guy from France? Yeah. And I, I'll add one more thing to that too. And that I think there's a lot of, a lot of chatter about, well, like when you have Gobert, what about these other leaks that could spring, right? What if they, what if the other team plays small ball, the Timberwolves are betting that the leaks that they already had, which were huge leaks, rebounding and blocking shots and rim protection. They're betting that, Rudy Gobert covering those leaks is a greater benefit to the team than any other leaks that might spring because you have Rudy Gobert, in part because, like Kyle said, you have a better cast of perimeter defenders than Utah did the last few years. And, and Chris, so there's going to be some leaks, but they're betting that there's going to be fewer leaks with Rudy Gobert. And if you're listening to this and you know, you're like, well, doesn't everyone just go small? Like I watched the Warriors play. Aren't they just have five guards out there? Chris Finch said it yesterday with like pride. He was like, when they go small, we'll go big. And that's why this is an experiment, but also too, like it's not just going to be small ball for the rest of time. Like you might be seeing the wolves be one. I mean, Cleveland's doing it too with like Jared Allen and Mobley and just having all these guys that are super tall 
this might be the next wave of things. It's like, hey, we're just going to get all the defensive rebounds. We're going to protect the rim. And then when our seven foot two center gets the ball, he's going to outlet it to Jaden or Ant, and they're just going to take off and we're going to get a ton of fast break points. So it's going to be interesting. I don't trust anyone other than Chris Finch to make it work. I think he's hyped about having real big guys. He's made it work before in Europe with DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis. Um, he's going to be, he needs to be a wizard to make this work. And I, I believe that he can. Awesome. Awesome. There it is. If you want, if you want more of that, if you want more D2 <laughs> references and breakdowns too, flagrant howls is your Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. You can find it on uh, the Score North YouTube channel, the Mackie and Judd podcast feed, and also on its own Flagrant Howls podcast feed. So, all right, Kyle, thanks for coming in, dude. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. Uh, let's pause here. We got to get to our friend Randy in Cottage Grove for a week three Viking stud stable on Mackie and Judd. He is the most passionate Vikings fan we know, a man who studies college football film correctly predicts Vikings draft picks at a uh, questionably high rate. He is Randy in Cottage Grove. Football. Randy Vikes 69 on Twitter, if you would like to follow him. How are you feeling on this Victory Tuesday, Randy? Good, great. You know, anytime you can go in versus a, a Dan Campbell-led led, uh, operation and come out with a W, it's, it's a test of your mettle as they say, and we, we passed. Yeah, that's what I, when I think of uh, ultimate tests in the NFL, I also, Judd, think of a Dan Campbell team as being the bar. Yeah, it, was a, it was a character win is what that was. No question about it. Big win, big win. It's weird, Randy, because a lot of fans on the postgame show were very upset. They were down on the team. They didn't think they played well, and and – the Ventline crew all agreed a win is a win, and you're going to win games at times like that. So in this case, I think we're all on your side. It was a W. It was a, do- dom- a domination and a, and a good win, and uh, definitely, you know, the, those Campbell squads, as I said, they're, they're going to put a lot of people on unnoticed this year, but uh, we, we let them get a little action, get a little sniff of, of, uh, of, of, the, of the taste, but then we finally put it on ice, and that's that's what good uh, good teams do, uh, you know. Green Bay couldn't come in here and get a W, you know. Detroit couldn't either. So it's the toughest place to play in the NFL. We we got the noisiest uh, fans in there. So I, so I hear I'm still not allowed uh, to go, but oh. we had fun at the bar too, and we were we were really loud. We were super loud. It's good. Hey, uh, did you? I don't know if you if you observe this, but uh, I'm a little worried about Greg Joseph. But they had. Some speculation that the doors being open at the end of the stadium may have been causing some wind gusts. I guess I'm wondering, just sort of in uh, in your in your football musings, if you feel like maybe we should close the doors at the end of the stadium for the next game. You know, I, 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 that's an interesting uh, angle. I, I thought he just was kind of yanking it a little bit, you know, just kind of yank it on those, kind of mm. sailed it off a little bit. But it's possible. You know it's mm-hmm. possible. A lot, a lot of a lot, I heard a lot of uh, Detroit receivers you know, kind of kind of bitching that the sun was in their eyes. Boo hoo! You know, boo hoo! Put go, some, put, yeah, put some sunglasses on. I mean, it's not that hard. Oh, eye black. That that stadium is what one of the things that's genius about it is the way that it incorporates the elements. Even though it's indoors, you can have a little wind, you can have a little sun. You know, people uh, 
people kind of tend to make it what they want to make it. So, you know, if Joseph has a problem with that, he can go talk to facilities management or who are the physical plant people there. Just say, hey, why don't you go ahead and uh, put put a little uh, put a little extra grease on those doors so they, they, they stay nice and tight on Sunday. That's fine. I think we should open those doors in December and January. I'm told that that would be a problem and, like, the pipes might freeze and it yeah, would cause some major I don't, damage. Don't. Do that, yeah, and the fans would be very upset. But besides that, be well, great. they would they, they would know in advance. You would just hey, we're gonna have the doors open up. here. It's January first, and <laughs> we want we want an advantage. Let's get some <laughs> snow in there too. I don't. Like. <laughs> I tell you this about Joseph though he 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 was so good last year, and I I it pains me that I don't get to put him in the stable uh, mm. this week mm. because you know he a lot of people say well he missed those field goals he didn't miss those we would have been in the driver's seat the whole game. Well, that's what you know. You know, Greg, look look on the bright side. You got the win, okay? You got the win, and uh, you you know we're we're two and one. We're looking ahead, and then I, I don't think this team's gonna lo- drop another game for a few weeks here. It's gonna be a nice wow. little run. Oh, you're yeah. gonna look back, and you're gonna say that that run started with a win over over uh, over Dan Campbell, and 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 that's a he's a tough customer. He he know he knows how to get his teams amped up. So KOC, I saw you at after the game. Uh, snapping off a, a, a lot, a lot of f bombs. We all liked it, and 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 it was great. And and you maybe need to do that more during the game, and before the game, and kind of get get that tough attitude, you know, really just injected in all these guys, so they know that you, you're coming in our house. And you're, uh, you're yeah, our house. I would say, and we'll get to the stud stable here in a second. It felt it felt natural. You know, I was I was kind of when I saw some people saying, "Oh, look at these dropping f bombs in the." Post game, uh, you know, celebration. I'm like, oh, is he is he forcing him? Because you don't want to force him, right? You know, they they need to sound natural, as if you know, throughout. Not that you're dropping f bombs every other word or anything, but I they, am. Well, but please don't okay. hear. Well, so you're yeah, an expert then. Did, did it? Cool, did the f bombs sound? Did they sound natural from Kevin O'Connell then? Yeah, they sound. He sounded like a like like a tough guy, like a guy who. You, he'll mess you up. You know, we might say, "Oh, he's a pretty boy. He's a quarterback." You know what? The ladies like. He is a pretty boy. He, can, he, he, he looks great, but you can still you can still find a way to end up in an alley with a guy like that. And if you snap oh, him God. off like that at the rate, <laughs> the clips that he could, he, he'll put you on your ass. KOC could knock oh. you on your ass. He's a he's wow. a back alley guy. He's a foxhole guy. He's a he's a back alley guy. All right, it's a hell of he's a, a tough guy. <laughs> and he just went toe to toe with Campbell. That's it. He's going to look back in his first year of coaching. He, I guarantee you, that'll be a game that he remembers to to, to stare down Dan Campbell and come out with the W. You know, if I were Kevin O'Connell, mm-hmm. I know he's got to call plays, but I wouldn't break eye contact the entire game with Dan Campbell just to show him who's boss. I would stare him down for three hours on the uh, on the other sideline. Let him know you're there. That, that's that. I mean, that is a that that's. That's the kind of guy Campbell is, is. He makes his presence known, and his players would run through a wall for him. Huh. Well, should we Campbell. should we get to the stable here, Randy? Go ahead. All right. Well, uh, this week three stud stable by Randy Vikes sixty nine Randy Cottage Grove is presented by our friends at Chill Boys, gentlemen. The most comfortable underwear you are ever going to put on, and uh, if you have suffered from jock itch in your past, Tania Cruz. Okay, sorry, Tania Tania Curris yeah. is the medical, medical name condition. for it. I can't guarantee that Chill Boys will eradicate your jock itch or your Tinny Curris, but it sure can't it sure can't hurt to try. I have thrown out all of my non Chill Boys underwear 
Long underwear season is on the horizon. It is a glorious time to be wearing Chill Boys. Socks, hoodies, hoodies. everything mm-hmm. our friends at Chill Boys. Chill Boys is a Minnesota-based company. You can find them online at chillboys.com. All right, here it is. Randy and Cottage Grove's Week 3 Football. Viking Studs Table. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, okay, if this is Week 3 as against the Lions, uh, it was a home game. Uh, and and from what I understand, this next game in, in Sunday is going to go across the pond. And we're going to have to get the bar to open up early. But if it goes like it did this week, they won't have a problem with that because we'll be running up some big time taps. And when you got when you're getting touch tutty shots and and sack shots and now pick shots is a new one they're doing. They're gonna that we're gonna run up run up a tab in a real hurry. We're gonna grease the skids and we're gonna get some get a lot of food in our system and we're gonna roll to three and one. But this is about celebrating the two, which is the second victory. And here's three three studs. I'm very pleased for. Oh. Uh, number one stud. This is the stud uh, who's his second appearance in the stable this year, and he's been a real nice addition so far. He had a couple of moments early in the game where I said, "You got to get your head right," but I think he was just kind of, kind of. He looked across the sidelines and he sees that Campbell there puts a fear of in a lot of guys, but he 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 came out all right. He made some big plays late. And Zalarius Smith, you are once again Zalarius. a stud. Zalarius, Zalarius. back in the Let stable. He was hurt. Came, stayed in the game. He's a tough, tough guy. Hilarious. This is the now the super, super stud. Oh, is yeah. a guy who they again had a kind of a late pop, late pop in that game. It really helped put it over the top. And I'm I'm talking about KJ Osborne. KJ, mm. you you showed up when we needed it most. And they they, they can double, triple, quadruple uh, J, J Jets. But it doesn't matter because that means you're going to be flying open and just walking into the end zone with the game winner. And KJ, you are a super stud. Mm. Yeah. Hard to disagree with that one. Here's a, here's a, excuse me. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Finally, here's a guy who, this is like the Manning cast from last night. The seven second delay with Jimmy Johnson. Go ahead, Jimmy. Go ahead, coach. (laughs) No, you go ahead. Coach, go ahead. When you're mo, uh, when you're good at motivating uh, people, Sometimes you're good at motivating even people on the other sideline. And some, some humans know how to just get the best performance out of everyone because they want to prove it to you that they're good. And for a lot of the game, this guy's players were doing a good job. They even looked like they might come into the toughest place to play and sneak out with the victory. But it turns out, at the end of the day, this guy also had a lot of Vikings wanting to put him on notice about how hard they play when they know he's watching. And that's a guy who speaks football. He breathes football. And he is an absolute legend. And I love the way he coaches. And if he's ever, ever cut loose by the Lions, you better sign him, Ziggy. You better get him here in a big-time role. Because he, he knows. And this is the super-duper stud. And it's a guy named Dan Campbell. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> so Dan Campbell, his mere presence motivated Vikings players to want to show Dan Campbell how hard they play football. I buy it. I'm here for that. I, I never thought of it that way. Super, I was thinking more like, oh, he makes a dumb decision to kick a field goal late, and that's why he would be the super-duper stud. I had never thought of it the way that Randy presented it, so it makes some sense. Why am I not surprised that he loves Man Campbell? <laughs> I should have known that Randy 
would absolutely have a man crush on Dan Campbell. It does seem like they might come from the same family tree. Have they been seen together? <laughs> no, that's a could Randy like thirty nine be Dan Campbell? Actually, when you hear Randy speak, we we have seen Randy. He showed up once at the state fair in Zubas and a Percy Harvin jersey, and I think some Vikings themed shoes, if I'm not mistaken. We saw him briefly, yes. So we know that he's not Dan Campbell, but if you just listen to his voice mm-hmm. and then you saw a picture of Dan Campbell, you would say, oh, yeah, yep, that, that matches. And then he ran away. Yes, he did. Football. <laughs> Amazing. So, all right, there's your, there's your stud stable from Randy Vikes 69 here. Um, boys, I just pulled up the Viking schedule for fun because – you know, we we did like three or four different iterations of picking the schedule before the season, yep. but even even the one we picked, what three or four days before the season started, we said you're going to find out a lot more a month or two into the season about some of these teams on your schedule. I think just in the first three games, I think you say, well, that Philadelphia game, Philadelphia is a lot better than maybe you thought. Mm-hmm. Detroit's probably better than a lot of people thought going into the season. I just want to go through this schedule and get your thoughts on how much harder or easier is it going forward based on what you know about the first mm-hmm. three weeks of the NFL season. So the Vikings are 2-1 and one right now. In fact, I think we should just pick the schedule. Let's just fly through the schedule here. Wow. Let's just, I just want to get your, I want to get your thoughts. I want to get your thoughts. I was not prepared for this. Want to get your thoughts, okay? My thoughts. My thoughts are oh my God. meandering throughout okay. my brain right now. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. London yeah. against New Orleans. I think this is actually a slightly easier game than maybe a month ago. This game has never scared me. This game has never scared me. If you're going to send Jameis Winston out, I mean, yes, he's going to make some nice throws, but he is going to throw picks. I, I actually, so as far as the schedule to date goes, the Green Bay game surprised me, but but the Packers had a lot of guys out that we didn't expect, probably. The Philadelphia game, you're exactly right, Phil. Way tougher than I thought. The Detroit game, about what I thought. Tough, mm-hmm. but they at the end, Dan Campbell, Lions. Um, so I would say the Saints game, for me personally, the exact same. It's a win. It might not be by a ton, but I like the Vikings more than I like, this, than I like these Saints. Yeah, that's a win. I mean, Jameis Winston has two fractured vertebrae in his back. And he's, like, still well. playing. I don't understand well, the, why he's the playing. The Vikings have gotten no pressure on quarterbacks this year, so maybe he'll well, maybe he'll have a recovery week. I, I don't know. I mean, at the same time, right. he has he has two fractures in his back, so they might just end up paralyzing him if they actually do get the pressure. So, um, so wow. This, so this I, dark I, I'm just saying. I, I, I don't understand why there, there's a quarterback playing with two fractured vertebrae. I mean, I know it's football, yeah. but, but good Lord. Yeah, it's football. Because it's football, Declan. Uh, it's, a I, it's a win. It's a win. It's an easier game than, yeah, than before. I'm, I'm keeping track here, by the way, so don't don't worry. Uh, I, I do think the, the home against Chicago game is about the same, where they're they're bad, but they have won two games. The travel thing makes me really nervous. So I, I, I had this as a loss before the season, just a trap game loss, weird travel week. The game is about the same on paper. I'm going to stick with loss for that Chicago game. Hmm. No, I think they win that game. I, I, think, I mean, yeah. road weary. The, yeah. But the, Bear, the Bears just beat the Texans, and the Texans don't belong in the National Football League. Well, they beat the Niners too in a complete in a monsoon. Okay, okay. the Niners beat them if if it's not a both monsoon. teams had to play in the same conditions. Yeah, but it was okay. just luck. 
I originally had the Bears game as a loss because I thought the Vikings were going to go off to a 4 0 start. And then they would get it on a trap game at home against the Bears. But looking at how the Bears have played, even regardless of them also being two and one, no, this is a win at home. This this will be okay. a win. And it'll be a win. In the Chicago, at, I'd be more concerned, by the way. Way more the, the at Miami game yeah, is a lot harder on paper L. than you thought a month ago. It's a loss. Right? Let's just give it a loss. L L L L L. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, it's probably a it's probably a loss. Okay, then you get to buy that home against Arizona game actually looks easier, I think, than it did a month ago, Mm -hmm. right? Well, okay, yes, but here's my question. Your defense, where's your defense at by that game? Because Kyler Murray, I I mean, he can single-handedly beat you with his ability to run and find receivers. I think it's a W, but I'm also, I I would also like, like to know, coming off the bye, where does Ed Donatel have this defense at? Because the defense does concern me a bit, especially against a guy like Kyler. Okay. But I do think it's a W. I just think it's it's. I got more questions about that game than the three games above it. Uh, I have to check if that's a Call of Duty Double XP weekend, but I yeah. think that this is a <laughs> win. It's unbelievable. I, we I mean, should check so that actually. Yeah, I'll yeah. I'll do some digging. Out? Yep, I'll do some digging. I'll see if that's a cod. Sometimes they don't really like tell you until like the week before to like get, you know a little more excited. They don't just they don't just put it out on weekends. So I'll, I'll double check as we get closer, like in a few weeks from now, if that's a cod double XP weekend. If it is, automatic win. Uh, if it's not, yeah, Kyler Murray is a human joystick, so he might end up just slicing and dicing <laughs> your defense. But it's a win right now. Win right on trenches with Boone last night on Purple Daily, he said flat out, I would not have given Kyler Murray that money. If you have to give him that money and also say, and we needed to work really hard and right. stop playing video games, then you, you should probably just not give him the money. Yep. Start over. Okay, the at Washington game never looked like a a super tough game. It looks a little easier, I think, on paper now. There's still the whole Kirk Cousins going back to his former, uh, you know, his former team thing. It's, I, it's a win. The game is... Probably a neutral compared to what it was a month ago in terms of strength. I forget where I landed on this game last time, but yeah, Carson Wentz looks so bad. He's he a looks wreck, so He's bad He's that so like I I would have more concern if I thought that the Commanders quarterback could exploit this defense because I mean it's it certainly shown that it's exploitable, but I don't think Carson Wentz can. I do think Kirk Cousins might melt down, but I'm I'm going to give this a win now because I'm going to change a game very close to this one from a win to a loss. Okay. I believe. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's a win. Carson Wentz is bad. It, 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 he's he's no longer good. I, I saw. He's I, bad. He's just not good. He's just, he's just awful. He, he really has never been the same since he since he got hurt when the Eagles won the Super Bowl and they were wise to move on. I saw Terry McLaren at a bar in Washington D.C. two weeks ago, like two days before the season opener, drinking red wine. I didn't. I, I don't go up to. I don't. It's not my thing. Like everyone's like, did you go you up say, and say hi? I don't do that. I like to be in peace. Sucks. Well, I thought he was drinking because his quarterback was Carson Wentz. So I that's I, I, that. That, that's <laughs> what I thought. Buy you another. I didn't. I didn't want to do that. But he was enjoying himself. He had his, he had his entourage with him. Um, but when's the last time a Washington quarterback didn't make you want to drink? Mark Ribbon uh, for five minutes in 1991. Theismann. Yeah, they've had a really I mean, questionable group of quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, at Buffalo, that game looks every bit as hard yeah. as it did a month ago. It's a long schedule, that right? Probably a loss. loss. That would be it. Yes. Um, let's see what else we got here. Home against Dallas. Yeah. Dak will be back by then. Maybe that's actually 
bad for the Cowboys. Or oh. will he? Or will he? Cooper Rush? If they remain hot, you're, you might have a decision there. In a Jerry Jones-led <laughs> franchise, um, I, I'm changing I'm changing that to a loss. Okay. I'm changing that to a, a I love very, how you're like trying to think back to the way that you picked the schedule before. Cause, Cooper, you know. Ru- Cooper Rush still starting at quarterback in that game. You know what? That dude is really comfortable in Kellen Moore's system. Really comfortable. So that's a loss for you. Mm-hmm. That game. That game looks about the. It's, to me, it's a win. I think it's a. It's a game where a lot of the players on that Vikings roster remember what happened last year, and they don't want to suffer the same fate at home against the Cowboys. So sure. I think some of those guys will have it on their mind. Declan, I have it as a loss still. I had it as a loss originally. I have it as a loss for right now. Um, I I think the Vikings will win the majority of their games at home. I just I, there's gonna be one game on the schedule they fall, and I don't think it's against teams like the Colts. I don't think it's a team against like the Giants or the Jets. I think this is one of those rare home losses, so they will lose at at Dallas or at home at, against New England. Short week Thanksgiving. I'm changing this from a loss to a win. Mac Jones back or not? High ankle sprains are very dip- difficult. It sounds like like there might be a disagreement on. How the Patriots want to handle things and how Mac Jones's camp does. Brian Hoyer starting at quarterback. The Patriots far more of a mess than I expected. This is now a W in my world. Mm-hmm. It's a W. It's also a W just because I am so thankful, pun intended, that we get a Thanksgiving night game at home. I, I, I really cannot oh, stress enough fantastic. how jacked I am to end my yeah. one of my favorite holidays with football of my own team. So I'm very happy for that. This feels like a classic Kirk Cousins letdown game, but I don't. And, and so I, I do think he will struggle in this game, but I don't know how New England scores points. Right. I don't know. I mean, are they going to win 16 to 10 or something? So I. Uh, yep. I think it's. Oh, my God. My my gut says that they're going to lose one of these home games down the stretch here. So I will say. Uh, I'll moment? say this is a win oh. for now, okay. but this is a very this is a very coin flip. This feels like an ugly game where Kirk struggles, but the Patriots can't score. Home against the Jets, that game is just as easy as we thought it was a month ago, right? Yeah. Win, win, win. Okay. Yep. Uh, that brings us to at Detroit, a game that looks harder than a month ago before the season started. Yeah, I'm going to call this a loss now. I'm going to call this a loss. It, it's a tough game. Road game, Detroit is going to, um, I, I think, be probably more inspired by, by what happened here on Sunday. So I'm going to give that an L. Yeah, it's a loss. I, I think with how well they played the Vikings, honestly, the last two matchups. Like, the, the Lions should have won the last, should have won, obviously, last week. Um, they beat them the last at three. home. Yeah, yeah three. They, they, they've been every single one. I think the Vikings do drop this game. Yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I think the Lions, the Lions play the Vikings very tough and... I think they're going to get one of these games. They are obviously already lost one, so I'm going to go lost there. Okay, home against Indianapolis. Now, they did beat the Chiefs this last weekend to kind of keep their season afloat, but it, it's very rickety right now in Indianapolis. So so that game, which completely throws me, me off because the Colts looked absolutely putrid and getting shut out in Jacksonville the week before the Chiefs win. Uh, because this game is at U.S. Bank Stadium, I'm going win. I think mm-hmm. if it was on the road, I might go lost. But because it's home, I'm going Vikings win. You know, it's yeah. so weird because the Colts have had like a bajillion different quarterbacks since uh, Andrew Luck suddenly retired. And yet we're always like still thinking the Colts are this sleeper team. And I don't know if it's because Peyton Manning was there for so long and Andrew Luck was then there. 
because he was a prodigy as well. But they just they don't really do anything for me. But everyone still kind of thinks the Colts. Oh, look out for the Colts! And they, you know, they basically waltzed their way out of the playoff picture last year. All they had to do was win one of those two games. Uh, it's a win for me at home. I, I don't buy this Colts team. Okay, that brings us to a home game against the feisty New York Giants. Two and one New York Giants. I don't know what they're going to be on Christmas Eve, but oh, it, God. It's, it, I'll say this too: yeah. this game looks harder on paper than it did a month ago, yeah. but not like. Not way harder, not like Miami harder, and it wraps up the home schedule for the Vikings. And it's it's really hard to not give the Vikings like they play nine home games. It's really hard not to give them seven or eight home wins. Right? I agree with that. I agree with that. And I'll I'll go win. Uh, if Daniel Jones is starting a quarterback on the road for your team, I don't like your team. Oh, I just don't. I just don't like bad. him. I don't <laughs> think he's any good. I don't think he's good. So like the. The Giants aren't a bad team, and and if Saquon is still healthy at this point, he could certainly give you problems because it's not like the Vikings have shown they can stop the run. But, dude, you got Danny Dimes. I can't do it. It's a win. Yeah, it's a win at home. Easy win at home. No problem. Yeah, it's a win for me, too, which means I have have one home loss to the the Bears because I think they're going to lose a game (laughs) somewhere. Yeah, I agree. You guys have them losing to Dallas. Yep. I don't think there's a lot of home games that they're going to lose. I just really don't. Yeah, they should feast on this home schedule. And then uh, at Green Bay on New Year's Day. That's a loss to me. That game looks harder now than it did after they beat the Packers in week one. Yes. And you're going to split. I can't can't go sweep. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. I I agree. We're going to go loss across the board. Yeah, it's a loss to me too. And then the last game of the season at Chicago, a game that looks about the same as it did a month ago to this point. So I think if uh, I... the way that I'm playing it out, I think I've got them with enough wins to have probably clinched the playoff spot by now, and they might have actually secured a spot. So I will actually say loss because I don't think they – I think this is a game where they would sit a bunch of players because he will sit guys immediately. So they may have lost the division to Green Bay in week And I've got them with a bunch of wins. So, like, I, I think that their – I think their fate might be locked up by this point. So – and – O'Connell, I don't think, is going to screw around with, well, I'll play Dalvin for a while and Kirk for a while. and Yeah. So I think it's a loss because I don't think they're going to play guys. If this game matters, it's a win. Yep. If this game doesn't matter, it's probably a loss. I'm I think this game will matter because I have okay. that. We all have them on 10 wins going into this game. Okay. In which case, I think if you're at 10 wins, I don't, I, I don't see how it is an irrelevant game for you. You're either playing for the division at that point or jockeying for wild card positioning, et cetera, so... I have them winning, and I so I still have them at eleven wins. Yep, so I still has them at ten wins. Yeah, I, I also will have them at eleven wins, but I just have flipped the week seventeen eighteen results so far. Yep. Okay. So we just landed. Uh, some games are harder, some games are easier, but we all landed, I think, on the exact same prediction we had preseason, which is Declan and I have them at eleven. Yeah. Judd has them at. The Colts and Giants games in December to me are very much, though, I still don't know. Because, like, those teams could be completely off the charts bad by then or good. Like, when, once we get to December now, aside from the Jets, it's really hard. Like, I'm still in, in that the identity's not established yet of those teams. I feel like I'm good through October for sure now. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, it's just it's really difficult to know. Yep. Yep. This is, man, starting 2-1. and one. Because the, the more you stare at the schedule, I'm not going to say it's easy because there's so much parity in the NFL, right. even when it looks like, even when you're like a six-point favorite, the games the games are close. 
but the home slate that they have, they really should win seven or eight home games. Mm-hmm. And then that means you only need like three road wins or neutral site wins the rest of the season to get to 10. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this thing should, if they can just get to the bye four and two or even three and three, if they, let's say they lose two of their next three, let's say they lose to New Orleans and Miami or whatever the combination is. You're three and three, and people are going to be kind of pissed because it's going to look like they're sputtering. But then you come out of the bye, and you've got all these home games against bad teams. You have road games against Washington, Detroit, and Chicago, which are all games you're probably going to be favored in. Uh, so, yeah, it's a 10 or 11 wins is kind of staring at you right now. That Detroit win is going to potentially end up being enormous. Yes, for and for tiebreaker like purposes such, yeah, in your division. It's such a big win. Yeah. It's such a big win, and and you know what? Come December or January, ain't nobody going to say, "Yeah, but do you remember that Lions win was really <laughs> ugly?" Yeah, it, and it, it might have. Yeah, it it might have preserved at least the momentum of your season here. So there it is. All right, we just picked the schedule. Just impromptu, just like that. Still have the Vikings at 11 and 10 wins. Dex and I were put in the spot. I know. I didn't think we were going to do that either. It just kind of, I at first I was like, yeah. let's go through some of the games and see if some of these are harder or easier. Well, let's just go through the games. So, we do there you go. There you go. Um, all right, boys. Tomorrow is a Write That Down Wednesday on Mackie and Judd and on Purple Daily. Over on Purple Daily, go check out uh, our daily flagship show, Purple Daily. And also, Before We Die with Jesse and Thor. Realistic Randy Rants and uh, Trenches with Alex Boone, all available for your listening and viewing pleasure. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability. Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.